Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. And hello to uh, the last show this year, the last show in this space. <laughs> oh, man. A lot of transitions going on. Um, it is December 19th, and uh, yesterday uh, Donald Trump was impeached by the House of Representatives, something that many of us wanted to see, and now that it's done, seems <laughs> anticlimactic. Uh, it's, uh, I don't... Again, I I happily had friends uh, over for uh, dinner last night, and um, that kept me from feeling, obviously, that I had to be watching the impeachment, which was ongoing. I looked in every once in a while during the afternoon and and found it unbearable. I just can't bear listening to the Republicans. I cannot bear it. And when my friends left, it was about uh, 10 to 8. You can see I'm becoming an old person. I have dinner for people and they're gone before 8 (laughs) o'clock. Yeah, I'm like the early bird special type. Um, However, I turned it on seeing whether or not they'd gotten to the point. And uh, I guess they had, um, or no, they were about to. And I came in where the Republican uh, leader, McCarthy, was speaking. And I thought, if I didn't know anything about this, I thought he did a, a hell of a job. You know, if I was uninformed and or leaning in the direction of this impeachment being a political witch hunt, I thought he made a good closing argument. And then Adam Schiff stepped up, and I immediately became worried that his speech seemed legalistic, where McCarthy's had been easily digestible because he wasn't dealing with facts at all, at all. I mean, there was no rebuttal of the facts. Um, and it's a, it makes for a more compelling speech as opposed to delineating uh, criminal activities. And then there was the vote. And I began... Um, looking around uh, on my television to see who was carrying this. I mean, other than CNN, MSNBC, and Fox, I thought for sure public television would be, it was 8 o'clock at the time, prime time, and I was stunned that public, WQED here, the public station, wasn't airing the impeachment of the president, the third time in history, American history, public 
broadcasting was showing some, I don't know, looked like a nature show. I don't know, but I was stunned. I was initially stunned to see that CBS, NBC, and ABC were all, had dumped their normal programming or the local affiliates had to cover this. But then at 8 o'clock, they tended to, and this was before the vote, they uh, got back into making money, which is an outrage to It, it appeared that NBC stayed on the longest of the three networks, broadcast networks. And they stayed on long enough to do something that blew Republican uh, summer, summary some of, of, um, of, God dang it, that's what happens when you watch this so long. They'd covered McCarthy's speech in whole, the Republican points. And then Schiff is speaking, and the networks pull out and go back to regular programming. PBS pulls out, goes back to regular programming. As far as I could tell, I mean, I was hopping around thinking, what, what, what? NBC seemed to stay on longer. But then, as Schiff's making his dogged, kind of uh, of timeline here's what happened here is what the president did here is why that is an impeachable offense yada 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 all of a sudden they split screened it and there was Donald Trump waving at his rally in Battle Creek Michigan with his adoring crowds. And I thought, whoa, whose judgment call was that? So, in other words, the only people, oh, and I checked on Fox. As soon as Schiff started speaking, Fox split-screened, and shut off his audio and went to Tucker Carlson and some other guy excoriating the Democrats. So, the upshot of all my channel hopping was this. The only way some American citizen on this historic date wanting to know, essentially, let's just say, tune in to the closing arguments, was treated to the Republicans' closing argument on all, all broadcast and cable. The Democratic response? Not so much. Fox viewers never heard a word. And you wonder why. Half the country or certainly those who get their news from Fox, are deprived, are actively and by editorial fiat kept from hearing 
the other side. I sat through their side. But if I were watching Fox, I never would have had the opportunity to sit through the other side. The prevailing side, in fact. The arguments that most Americans buy that the president should be, in fact, impeached. Fox News didn't air it. NBC split-screened him and clearly took away from his speech in so doing. So the only people who, if they were interested enough as citizens to listen to this, who saw the whole thing were those people who were watching CNN, MSNBC, or C-SPAN. That's it. Not public. Not Fox News. <laughs> I was stunned, sickened, appalled. I don't know what else to tell you. And again, my my inner pessimist was saying, this country is doomed. Did you see the president? Did you see him last night? His usual craziness, but he looked more deranged than I've ever seen him. Did you see him? Look it up. His skin, I am not kidding you, was bright red. It was not my television a reporter even said the president is literally red in the face and what occurred to me was that this guy is going to be increasingly crazed and God forbid God forbid he wins re-election this will become an unrecognizable nation and a scary place to be for a lot of people there is a deranged lying mentally ill human being in the White We never found out, by the way, did we, about that real quick trip to Walter Reed Hospital? What was that, last month? The White House never, I mean, I, I mean, they said, oh, you know, it was a lie. They lied, of course. What was that about? I don't think this guy is well in a lot of ways. Physically, his skin tone, and he was sweat. He looked scary last night. We have a caller. Caller, go ahead, please. 
Hi. Hey, um, I can understand why they did the impeachment and all that. That's fine. But I think um, maybe they should have challenged the indictment of a president and went with through the courts maybe, which they might be able to still do. But I think this isn't over after they, you know, McConnell does his little show and it's over. I think the bastard's so arrogant that he will screw up again. And I'm not so sure the FBI and CIA aren't listening to his calls because this guy's a dangerous man. So they could be watching him. And I have a feeling something else is going to come out later before the election or even, you know, well, the it's, next few months. It's possible. I think it's over. I but re- you know what? Listen. He is so arrogant. He don't care. <laughs> He'll think he's exonerated, and that's the end of it. But he'll keep on doing the same old thing because yeah. that's what, you know. Yeah, but does. listen, you say the FBI's listening in on his calls. I'll tell you who's listening in on his calls. Russia, China, everybody, oh, yeah. everybody. Yep. He is still using an unsecured phone a lot. Everybody knows his business. I wouldn't be if there's not a phone call or many phone calls between him and Putin, I don't know, working on some kind of deal. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of man he is. And I still think more is coming out. It's going to come out more because these type of people, well, they always have to get caught. they got to keep doing a little more, a little more, and then they get caught. And yeah. I, I believe in well, he was caught. In what goes around comes around. Yeah, but like I just want to say he was caught. We caught him. But he, he, and nothing he, happened. All right. But they well, push it further. That's right, and nothing will happen. Real, I mean, they have evidence now, but I mean, if you'll have a phone call the next time, what's he going to do then? Okay. Well, maybe. We'll I, see. I saying, we'll I see. I think there's sealed, uh, uh, what is it, that in New York? I think there's still stuff that has to be. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. So I, I understand. I understand. But. Yeah, I, I think he. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Bye. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I'm being told by people that PBS aired it or QED aired it on 13-3. I don't even know what that is. They got more than one channel? Where is it on my... I have never seen it. It's like C-SPAN they do on occasion? What the hell's that about? I mean, I know when I look at my, I have Comcast, I'm looking at it, I don't see that. And I don't care, it should have been on their major, they used to be better citizens. So, yeah, yeah, I'm being told it was on... What? QED on, was covering it on the World Channel. I don't know what the hell that is. And then somebody else said he, it was on QED 3 or what? I don't know. I'm sorry. I just, I'm old school. I just know the one. Just the one. I don't even want to get into what uh, Trump said last night about um, going after 
uh, Congresswoman Dingell, who's a widow, her, and her husband, who was the longest-serving member in the House ever, Trump suggesting he was in hell. Um, and this kind of, again, I guess uh, we've come to the point where this is uh, normal for a president to behave in in such a cruel and outrageous manner. In fact, it's what his base loves. Did none of these people have parents? Didn't they learn how one behaves in a civilized society? What being polite is? What being respectful is? How do you revel in such behavior by someone who is supposed to embody and represent our nation, who your children are supposed to look up to, emulate? The fact that 30, heading into 40% of my country men and women, are fine with this, again, suggests that we're finished. Pretty much finished. And uh, good job you guys did. Having your little, whatever it is, tantrum. Wanting to tear it all down, but not having a clue what it is you're going to build up. Destruction is simple. Ask a two-year-old having a tantrum who kicks over, you know, a bunch of blocks. Destruction takes nothing going on up here. Building something. Construction. Is something. That adults are supposed to be able to do. And take pride in. And it takes time and it's difficult and all that kind of stuff. Uh, living in a country in which such a huge percentage of the adult population behave like, <laughs> badly behave children, is not a place I'm comfortable in. It's not a place I would look up to. It's not a place, frankly, I would uh, want to live, I suspect. I don't know. We have another call. Hello, caller. Hello, Glenn. Hi. Dennis from Green County. Uh, oh, yeah. You have to have a regular antenna to get those channels in channel 13. Okay, I'm si yeah, somebody just said channel 13 has five different channels. But as far as I know, I mean, I don't get... It seems to me that something is important that has only happened three times in the history of our nation. If you are a public television station, that should be carried on your main channel, Right. I, yes, I agree with you. Yeah, 
used to be it wouldn't have even been a question. All I, I, I didn't know about all... I've heard them say things about this channel, that channel, and I haven't even known what they were talking about. But, but thank you. Thank you all for uh, schooling me on, on that. And Yes, it's nice to hear a new voice. Thank you for calling. Bye. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. I want to uh, rant a little bit, if you'll allow me, about the New York Times. Uh, on page 16 today, they took up more than half a page supposedly reporting on how Americans felt about this impeachment hearing that was going on all day. This is the cheapest, shallowest kind of I'm not even going to call it journalism because it isn't, uh, reporting that there is. It's lazy. It's misleading. The headline is, Significant Day in America. Still, many Americans averted their gaze. And what they do is they got reporters in various cities in the country to send them a little snapshot from that city and represented our Houston, Chicago, Atlanta, Nashville, Albuquerque, someplace in Georgia I never heard of, Boston and New York. The story begins, it was a momentous day in American history, but by all indications, it was not a momentous day in the lives of most Americans. Okay. I guess what they're saying is it was a Wednesday and most Americans were go working and in school and going about their their day. But in their effort to underscore that Americans were living their lives yesterday. Th this article, every single piece that they used that is supposed to be a snapshot from Houston or Atlanta, every one was pro-Trump. Every one but one. Pro-Trump or... <laughs> This is the New York Times. From Houston, we are told that a 58-year-old guy, a building engineer, Ray Martin, don't we have a Ray Martin in our audience? <laughs> Ray. <laughs> um, they quote him as saying, I hate that he's going through it. Trump. I hate that he's going through it. I feel like he's good for America right now. He's a strong leader. That it, that's it. That guy gets to represent Houston yesterday. Next is Chicago, and instead we hear from, in Chicago, a bunch of tourists <coughs> who all agreed, all of them agreed that Trump was likely to be reelected. One is quoted as saying he's a jerk, but he's doing good. 
That represents Chicago, according to the New York Times. Atlanta, we get a waitress. He abuses power. But it says then she had some hesitation, though, about Trump being pushed out of office. I just don't want Mike Pence to be president. So these are all negatives, all negatives. That was the biggest, like, anti-Trump thing ever. Here's another person in Nashville saying, you know, all it's going to do is make him more of a hero. From Albuquerque, we get personally, I wish they'd leave the guy alone. Just let him do his job. Georgia, an electrician, 37 years old, Mr. Willis, says, Trump may be the best American president of my lifetime. And Boston, at the barber shop, they don't have on the hearings. They have on the people's court. And they quote the barber, the owner, saying, I'm sort of interested, but none of the young people who come in here are. That's reporting. That takes up more than half a page in the New York Times. It is of... It does nothing. It provides no information. One person that a reporter bumps into is allowed to represent an entire city and a compilation of all of these is to represent all of us. That said, I do suspect that most Americans didn't watch it because we have heard it all before ad nauseum, which is why I said I wanted him to be impeached for years and then bango, he's impeached and it's like, Oh, God, guys. Okay. I just... I don't know. So I was actually thrilled to see that the Washington Post, a much better paper, by the way, without a doubt, I read both the Times and the Post every day, and the Washington Post, by far... a better source of news and opinion, for that matter. The Post, and here's what happens at the end of every year, you know, the lists. I hate them. The best this, the worst that, the most blah, the the top ten, the blah, blah. And one list, though, in, uh, in the Washington Post today did catch my interest because I thought, I wonder what they got. And it was... They couldn't even get to 20. 19 good things that happened. In t- <laughs> 19 th- good things that happened in 2019, maybe that's why. Um, and I thought, what, what, tell me. And a lot of it was science. God knows it wasn't politics and the state of the world, but a lot of it was Number one was a new therapy that's likely to benefit 90%, 90% of people with cystic fibrosis. That's good to know. Great to know. Uh, another frightful disease may be checked by a new vaccine uh, that's 
protects uh, from Ebola. That's good news. Uh, they talk about people rising up in the streets in Hong Kong and other places and say that's good news. Women rising up, yada, 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 yada. Same-sex marriage legal in Taiwan. Uh, in fact, now in 30 countries in the world uh, and at least one country on every continent, every inhabited continent, okay, so, which is pretty damn impressive. But it is, I have to tell you, um, underwhelming <laughs> what they came up with. I, I was exceedingly disappointed. Dang. Uh, Ed wants to know, do you think the president is going to spend at the least, is going to spend um, the next year, the new year, getting even? Well, he spent this year, he spends every day getting even, doesn't he? Right? That's what he does. Have you ever seen his schedule? You know, the White House puts out a schedule every day. Every day it's blank. This is a president who literally doesn't do a thing except watch television, tweet, and show up at, like, I think on his schedule today at uh, sometime this evening with his wife. He's appearing at some reception. I don't know. That's it. That's it. What he's going to be doing in 2020 is running for re-election. He already is. And if these television networks and cable networks show his every goddamn rally. I, it, it's over. Again, it's over. <laughs> it's over. They're going to do to him, do for him, excuse me, what they did uh, last time around. Because they just can't quit him. He's a money-making machine for him. Although less and less so, I would think. Because initially, I th we all ha watched because we'd never seen anything like it. And the Trump show is old now, which is why I literally cannot stomach watching anything with him in it. I can almost, I don't have to, I can turn the sound down and do a pretty fair, probably, representation of whatever the hell he's saying at any given moment. And all of it embarrassing to a citizen of the United States. The worst thing you can do to somebody is say, let me tell you about the dream I had last night, right? There are people who do that all the time. Jeez. But I have to tell you, I had a dream last night. <laughs> a nightmare. That had to have been kicked off by watching some Fox News last night and freaking out with what I saw. Had to. I won't bore you with details of the dream, but let us just say that Roger Ailes 
was the star. And I was working for him. There was no sex involved. And I was thinking, maybe this is because I also saw a review of Bombshell, the movie with, uh, what, a bunch of major actresses, uh, Theron and um, Nicole Kidman, and, uh, you know, about him. Um, Maybe that helped kick it off. But this is how frightening the dream was, because it was about the perversion of our news. And very, I mean, really, I mean, there was actually a storyline. I'm not going to bore you with it, but it was. And I woke up. It was like a nightmare that, you know, you like wake up from. I actually got out of bed, tried to like, walked around a little bit, tried to rid my head of it. I went back to bed, went back to sleep, and damn, if I didn't drop right back in. That rarely happens, excuse me, but that rarely happens. I am now haunted in my sleep by these people who have helped bring down the country I love. All right, we've got uh, two callers waiting, so shut up, Cullen. Hello, caller. Hi. Hi, Lynn, it's Roger. Hi, Roger. Hey, um, I tried getting the Washington Post, but they don't deliver in no. my area. No, I mean, they don't. Get the hard copy or you no, 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 electronic? no, they don't deliver. I Electronic. And it's okay. it is right, of right. value. I do subscribe electronically. Okay, because uh, I used to live in D.C. 25 years ago, and I appreciated it then. I didn't know what I was missing. Huh. Um, the Post Gazette seemed good for a while, but then it has let the shit the past like five to ten years. So, right. Uh, we drop that, and we get the right. New York Times. So, but I see what you're saying. No, really. The um, I don't know if the Times is worth it if you're having it delivered. I, I, the, I'm serious. I think I'm still just getting it for the Sunday puzzle. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is very expensive. Well, I mean, one, one of the things, I, I tuned in to watch Survivor last night, and I uh, was greatly disappointed that CBS was still showing the damn impeachment. I'm just kidding, of course, but... Um, did you see Stanny Hoyer? What, what did you think of him? I, no, I, I did not see him. I'm sorry. His uh, speech? No, I didn't. I, I thought he was, he was very just like matter of fact. He was, and some people probably would think he was plotting, but I think giving his senior status, he was given a little bit more reign. Maybe he gets more time. But he was like really clear about like, you know, we didn't, we, we could have impeached him gone for impeachment in 2016, we said no, and 17, we said, or no, 17, 18, 19, we had three opportunities where people were screaming for us to impeach, and we said no, so for the Republicans to say that, that, you know, we're just impeachment happy, no, we are not, we, we, we did not want to do that, um, and he just laid out a really nice, calm case, and of course, some, some rude Republicans tried to interrupt a few times, and they had to be shut down and he just sort of looked at him he didn't get flustered he he, he impressed me so uh-huh. um, yeah. um, 
that was interesting. Trump's eyes are weird. His slitty little eyes. Trump's eyes are weird. His um, his skin is weird. His hair is weird. Everything about him is weird and vile. He is the most revolting, disgusting human being uh, ever, I think. Although Mitch McConnell's running a close second. Oh God. Okay. Yeah, we used to have to be a good-looking tall man, and now we got like this guy who he can. Lose a beauty contest to Voldemort, you know. Yeah. But, um, okay. Anyway. Okay. Um, what? Because I got another caller waiting. Briefly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We talked about Watchmen the other day. Yes. And you said you might power watch it. Yeah. I watched the finale last night. Yeah. And one thing I recommend: please watch the movie before you watch the the last two episode or two because you'll be lost. Okay. And I don't think people. So just, just, and it's fun. It's a little demoralizing in some ways, but very uplifting in others. So. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate Bye. it. Bye. Happy New Year. Um, caller, yeah. you still there? Hello? Hello? Can, you, can yes. you hear me? Yes, yes, yes. Hello? Hi. Hi. Uh, agreed. And agreed that Trump is weird and vile. <laughs> Everything about him is weird. But what I wanted to point out was in listening to all of the um, speakers, House of Representatives speakers, uh, especially the Republicans yesterday, the one talking point that just really got me, and I have never heard anybody counter it, is this whole idea that since day one, the Democrats have wanted to on a mission to impeach him right right right. but nobody absolutely nobody points out that since day one that man has been on the campaign trail remember he is the first president who the day after he was inaugurated filed for the 2020 election right he has been campaigning since day one right so this whole thing of well is you know was he concerned about the country well no proof perfect that he has thought of nothing but his campaign since that, the day he's been elected. That is true. And but also recall point that out. Yeah, it drives re, me crazy. Yeah, recall on day one of Barack Obama's uh, uh, presidency, right. uh, Mitch McConnell famously uh, met with Republican leaders to ensure that they would not in any way cooperate with that president and ensure that he would only have one term. Ha ha. That didn't work. Right. Yeah. Nobody brings that up. No, but I thought no, that no. Our representatives—that would look like a cheap shot or sort of yeah. say, "Yeah, confirm we were doing something." If they mention that, but not if they mention that that man has been on the campaign trail since day one. Right, and that's he all he's. His, that, his, that's, his agenda is blank. It's that's right. The campaign. Right, and that's all we're going to see uh, in 2020. Just one, and because he's president, he will get coverage where any other candidate would not. And that's where the media are enabling him and haven't quite figured yeah. out how to deal with this monstrosity. Oh, God. <laughs> Why don't the Dems just, and we know, I mean, this is what's so frustrating, hit back with facts like this, you know? Why let them spew this whole business of Dems since day one have been on an impeachment you know, crusade? 
which is what all of his followers well, you but know, are uh, you know, indoctrinated with now. Here's what we know and have known for a long time: Republicans are masters at uh, shrinking their argument down to a bumper sticker, and then repeating, 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 and it's dumbed down their base. And it is very hard when Democrats try to counter that with, you know, Adam Schiff and his deliberate uh, rendition of a criminal activity. We don't do bumper some stickers. some sort of like sense of dignity, which they don't have. Right. I'm right. glad Nancy's there. She's yeah. doing the best she, she is. Yeah. You know, and she does know how to fight. Yes. I mean, yes. you know, and she is dignified. Her hushing, you know, the Democrats yesterday on the floor, which is good. No, you know, cheering impeachment. She knows how to keep a dignified posture, yet um, play play ball. Yeah. Thank God she's I hear there. You. Thank okay. God. Happy New Year. Or, Happy or, or New Merry Year. Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. God help Happy us. Hanukkah. Yeah. yeah. Bye. 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 <laughs> All of that. Oh, we've. Oh, oh no. What happened to my. Damn. Damn. I hate that. Um, I just lost my. By the way, I mentioned this Ray Martin in Houston who. Um, there it is. Uh, and said, We've got a Ray Martin in our audience. That's Ray in Lawrenceville. And his name is Ray Martin. And he's been heard from. And I'm, I'm happy to hear. Ray in Lawrenceville says, I hereby disavow and distance myself from Ray Martin in Houston. <laughs> I don't mind Trump going through any discomfort in spite of my belief he is a symptom and not the disease. P.S. Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays? Are you one of those people who are making war on Christmas? Hmm? Brian writes, Trump is the poster boy for capitalism. Trump Companies have filed for bankruptcy six times. Bankruptcy is vital to capitalism. If he is reelected, get ready. The stock market will rally, and then we will see one of the worst economic collapses of our lifetime. I got a story here I want to share because it is, has nothing to do with any of this. In fact, it is not in our country. It is a um, little story from Germany uh, and involves mostly just uh, two people, Wolfgang Hoffmann and Manuela Kragler. Uh, Wolfgang has, runs a cheese shop on the ground floor. Uh, Manuela has an apartment, excuse me, over it. Um, she could not tolerate, cannot tolerate the smell of his cheeses. She says it wafts up through the water pipes. It is stinks. Her house stinks. She can't stand it anymore. Um, and so she took to the streets and started drawing up signs with a nose and squiggly lines representing stink um, and stuck them all over the sidewalk and constantly protested. And he kept saying, will you stop doing that? It's cheese, okay? Um, anyway, this ends up in the courts. He took her to court because he felt she was uh, hurting his business. 
And uh, the judgment has finally come down. Uh, on Tuesday this week, a German judge essentially said what I just said. The smell is unavoidable, quote, that a shop where large quantities of cheese are stored produces smells is a statement of fact. So he told the woman to cease and desist. Uh, meanwhile, it had turned out that the guy was looking for another place. He was going to move. But guess what? Now that he's become a story in Germany because of her protest, no one wants to rent to him because they figure they'll lose because he stinks. It's a cheese store. So this is, this is a story I like because it's of unintended consequences. The poor guy, Wolfgang, says, now everyone thinks, oh God, here comes the cheese shop. Everything is going to stink. And he says he can't find anywhere to move. He was going to move, Manuela. All right. Paul writes, Hi, Lynn. I turned on Fox News last night, and all they spoke of was the Trump rally, the Steele dossier, name-calling Rachel Maddow, and calling all other news outlets a conspiracy. This would give anyone a nightmare. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm afraid to go back to bed. I really am. Roger Ailes is lurking in my bed. It was the most frightening. I cannot even... God, and it won't quite... You know how sometimes you can't remember a dream? This one is like... Anyway... And Milton writes, my response to anyone who begins an exchange with, let me tell you about the dream I had last night, is, there is a reason why dreams premiere to an audience of one. That's a good, that's good. I got to remember that. Milton says at, at that point, uh, they pause and commence with telling me about the dream anyway. <laughs> Thank you. Milton, you're something. And then he sends me Steny Hoyer's uh, speech uh, that uh, Roger was, I think it was Roger, right, who was extolling it, right? Um, you guys are great. Uh, what we got? What we got? Oh, this was upsetting news. I'm sorry to give upsetting news. But, you know, I feel empathy uh, quite often for everything. And um, I... Learning this has just made me even more miserable than I already am. It says here, new research shows that plants, plants emit high-pitched sounds too high for us to hear. And they emit these sounds when they lack water and when their stems are cut. 
I read this right after I had brought some flowers in to make my home more spring-like in these difficult times called winter. And I had snipped the stems of all of these flowers to shorten them so they'd fit properly in, in the vase. And to think that while I was doing that, unthinkingly, bap, 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 those flowers were screaming and I couldn't hear it. And then to think that the plants in my house are screaming, water me, water me. And I... It's upsetting. Just saying. <coughs> this freaked me out. <laughs> These are just little items I happen to have here. So uh, forgive me. It's grab bag at the end of the year. My God, it is the end of the year. I'm not going to see you till 2020. By the way, a year I have been eagerly waiting for because I figure it is our chance to take our country back. It's just going to be a rough, rough 11 months. I can't even imagine. I hope I make it. I'm serious. I hope I make it. This will make you unhappy. Maybe. I don't know. The number of cameras employed purely for surveillance purposes will exceed one billion when 2021 ends. So in two years. That will be an almost 30% leap. I bet that's a low, I bet they're lowballing that. There's 770 million surveillance cameras in China alone. And <coughs> you, you know there's cameras everywhere. My God, you know every second you're on the street now, you're being, there's cameras that, that houses have, there's cameras that stores have, there's cameras at the intersections, there are cameras everywhere. We live in an entire surveillance state. You go to get money out of your ATM. Hi, they're taking your picture. Um, you go to the airport. You're on camera the whole time. You are on camera when you're in stores. I'm on camera right now, for God's sake. Everywhere. And these cameras not only are recording you but and where you are and what you're doing, but th this information is stored the data is collected. Um, anybody who has any expectation of privacy, except, and not even in your own home, if you have, you know, any of those personal assistants, like, you know, Siri, play, blah, 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 or whatever those things are, which I refuse to have they're eavesdropping on your conversations the people who own these things mostly huge huge people like Google and Amazon they're collecting all of this they know more about you than you know about you 
If you don't think that is Orwellian and creepy, the fact that all your friends have these ring doorbells now, and the police have access to what they have and neighborhoods, and everybody feels safer. And I think you're out of your effing minds. You think you feel safer because you have a ring doorbell? No, you're not safer. You're just adding to the surveillance state. That ain't going to make you safer. I assure you, it will not make you safer. Quite the opposite. They always use fear. The first they make you feel insecure. I need a ring doorbell. Never mind that throughout all of human history, people lived without them. And I need to know if somebody is bringing my doorbell. I need to see, even if I'm not home, I need to see them. These are, this is insanity, guys. The Washington Post had a story the other day that blew me away. I, I, I knew my car <laughs> was also part of this surveillance state. I did not know that our cars are literally storing information about us that we had no idea they're doing and that that information is beamed back to the people who made the car. Um, you know that cars now have... A com not a computer, they have a ton of computers with hundreds of sensors. Uh, they copy the data on your cell phone. The stuff that your car, the information your car collects on you is not owned by you. Your car's dashboard does not tell you when it's recording. It's not in the owner's manual that it can. The reporter in this story allows her car to be hacked into by some guy who had to go through all kinds, but it was hackable. So she could see what the car knew about her. It's mind-blowing. Cars now run on a new oil, your data. It is fundamental to a future of transportation where vehicles will be driving themselves and we hop into whatever one is going our way. And these kind of cars already do things like improve safety, send you service alerts. Uh, but we always buy into this stuff and then later say, Oh my God, I didn't know. Our cars now are playing fast and loose with our personal information. There are no federal laws that regulate what car makers can collect or do with our data. Um, 
Okay, let me see if I can... What your car knows. This is a very long story, and I'm trying to find it. Okay, obviously you know your destinations. Uh, everything. Every, anywhere you've been. They also, though, know... They they're identify the phones of anyone in your car. They detail phone calls... When her car, when she found out what was there, there was a long list of her contacts, right down to people's addresses, emails, and even photos. She said, there was enough data to reconstruct my travels and relationships. The car manufacturer knows who she sometimes calls sweetie where she buys gas, the restaurant she goes to, and, uh, God. And it says infotainment centers collect even more video snippets from the car's many cameras. Uh, who knew? I mean, I, they have cameras. Um, you should check this out. Um, this all started with OnStar. GM has been doing this the longest because they're the ones who had OnStar. And uh, now they do things like they see how hard you brake, how hard you turn, how often you drive late at night. They will share that with insurance companies. Um, obviously location. Uh, they... it. It says an OnStar Marketplace connects the vehicle directly with third-party apps for Domino's, IHOP, Shell, and others. Um, the, the privacy policy for OnStar, this is GM, we may keep the information we collect for as long as necessary, which means they keep it, and you don't have access to it. I mean, do you even have a clue? Just saying, uh, this I, this story that there'll be um, a billion surveillance cameras in the world by t the end of 2021 is such a low ball. It's a joke. You might in your house already have five or six, and you're not even aware of them. Children's toys can record kids' conversations. We are so blasé. And then when we lose our, any semblance we had of control over our own lives, we'll wonder why we were so stupid. Really. So get those ring doorbells. I bet a lot of you are doing them for Christmas, huh? Yeah. You need that information. The information you get from it is paltry compared to the information that... Who owns Ring? Is that Google or Amazon? It's all the same. Thank you, guys. A lot of people saying happy holidays, happy new year. Uh, thank you and right back at you. Um, without a doubt. Um, 
Yes, so we've got two weeks off. Um, we will be back the first Monday of the new year, which just happens to be. <laughs> Don't think that's the second or something. It happens to be the sixth. So January 6th is the first Monday of 2020, and we should be back with a different who knows what. Maybe there'll probably be no window. We'll be in some little closet somewhere, and and stuff won't work for a long time. You know the drill. But you know what? Speaking of the drill, we won't have, I think, I don't know, but I don't think we're going to have to deal with a fire alarm anymore. We'll see. It's been a while, hasn't it? This building's coming apart at the seams. It's one of the reasons we're getting the hell out of here. Okay, guys, really, I, I truly do wish you and yours a good, good next few weeks. And let us pray truly for a uh, a better new year. Although, <laughs> you know me well enough to know that I ain't holding my breath. Anyway, thank you for being there. Um, you give me reason to get up in the morning. Why the hell you listen to this pessimistic old coot? I don't know. But bless you, and I'll see you next year. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.